This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And welcome back to the Masters of Modern. I'm your host, Alex Kelsey, and here with my co-host, Ben Bateman, and we are talking about all of the different creature synergy decks that are no longer viable in modern. Why is that? Is there a way to fix it? We got Twitter interaction involved, but this is the Masters of Modern podcast. We're a podcast that talks about mostly modern, though other things are magic, sometimes called the Evancast, uh, and uh, we're here today to hang out. Hi, Ben. What's up? How you doing? Excited to be here talking Magic the Gathering with you. I uh, missed a week last week, I believe, and uh, this week we're talking about the subject that is near and dear to my heart in uh, in tribal magic. Uh, first off, uh, a small shout out. Thank you to uh, Channel Fireball, uh, where we uh, post this podcast beyond YouTube and, and the podcast apps near you, uh, as well as TCG Player, which if you're looking to buy cards, make sure to check out below. Um, there's a link. We get a T-shirt affiliate link. You help us. We help you. It's all good for everybody. Uh, but before we, and, and, and as part of those relationships, we're doing our trivia. So today, uh, the way this works is I'm going to ask about a trivia question. He is going to have to answer it. And this is all about likes and subscribes. You're all betting your likes and subscribes. If you get the trivia question, not 100 percent correct or slightly incorrect or any type of wrong, you have to hit that like and subscribe button and comment below with your answers before while Ben's hemming and hawing. So, Ben. Yeah. Yes. Humans are the number Sick. one most printed creature type of all time. Okay. More of them than any other one. What is the second, the third, and the fourth? Do I need them in order? Or if I just get two, three, and four, I would get them of, uh, you know. All right. So let's think about this. The way this question is constructed makes me think. It has to be somewhat obvious because you're asking for three specific things to be pulled out of thin air without any discernible statistics. However, one of them is probably surprising. So two of these are probably common. And the third one is going to be like, oh, yeah, of course. So you go back to the beginning. Oh, man, it's like it feels like it's like it just feels like it's probably the tribes. You know, like it's it feels like it's the the, the popular classic since the beginning tribes. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say goblins. I'm going to say, is that wrong? You have to, you have, you have three guesses. You have to, you get three. Goblins. Things. I'm going to say elves. And I'm going to say zombies. Uh, goblins are not, not anywhere in the top 10, uh, in the top 10, uh, both elves and zombies make an appearance. Zombies is the sixth most common, uh, and elves is the eighth most common creature type. Um, number two is wizards. Oh yeah. I should have thought about number that. three That's... is warriors. And number four is soldiers. The first, the next, like uh species that's a thing is spirits is number five wow i can't i guess because the reason that that is is that wizard is a subtype on tons of creature types and right. that spirit has existed as spirits but it's also existed as like multiple varieties of spirit it's existed as like ghosts there's, it's a, there's a lot of ghosts and there's a lot of undead so sp spirits is five and zombies is six right so so both of those uh number seven is cleric uh, which I was surprised mm. by. Uh, number eight is elves. Number nine is elementals. And number 10 is shaman. Shaman being on the top 10 was a surprise to me. There's just no good tr shaman tribal. There just happens to be a lot of shamans around. Well, guys, if you uh, were smarter than me and got uh, got those right, you don't have to like, subscribe, or comment. But if you missed them, like I did, you've got to like, and leave a comment, and subscribe, and support this show. I go to shop on tcgplayer.com. Uh, all right. So speaking of creature types in general, um, you know, the onus for this episode uh, is that, 
you know, people feel that creature decks in modern are unviable. That is not 100% true. For instance, um, Elementals has been a great deck since Modern Horizons 2. Before that, uh, you know, at different points in magic history, spirits, elves, goblins, uh, merfolk, humans, um, even slivers, etc. Elementals, as we mentioned, have all seen some amount of constructed competitive play to the extent that merfolk uh, was the most is i still believe the 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 deck the the deck to have won the most it's the and an affinity are tied for winning the most grand prix of of uh of all time in modern and but of recent years most of them have been bad one of them is back uh merfolk is uh the 13th most played deck in modern um and uh, at the Magic 30 event, placed at least two decks in the top eight. And I believe number ninth place was also a Merfolk deck. Um, you played the Merfolk deck. So we're going to start with a little bit of a Merfolk primer. Why did you choose the deck other than that I harassed you to choose it? <laughs> and uh, what do you think some of the strengths of the decks are? What are some of the weaknesses, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, I mean, when I was thinking about playing at Magic 30, I hadn't played a game of Paper Modern in a while, and my first instinct was to play Murktide because blue-red decks, generally speaking, are kind of my jam, and spell-based decks, I'm usually good at playing. I've played a lot of Merfolk. Uh, I have played it in Modern before, but I had played it in Highlander a lot, a different version of the deck, obviously, because but, but, you know, it still, it still plays in similar patterns and still wants to curve in the same way, and so I was pretty familiar with a lot of the play patterns of the cards. Um and it just seemed simple. Like it's, it seemed like a deck that if you curved out correctly, now, I was a little bit incorrect in that assertion. It's not as simple as it seems. It is not your your dad's merfolk deck. Um, it has definitely evolved, and it was a very fun deck to play. But there were some there were some nuances that if you screw up, they really make you realize the paper thin margin that modern is built on. And that's because the CMC in modern has reduced almost like a full point since the days when merfolk used to be good because free spells weren't a thing in modern back then like the fact that there's as many interactions that cost zero now and so many more things in a tribal deck like well in any deck that have been pushed now that cost one and two any lord in merfolk that costs three is unplayable at this point you can't play more erasury um even even cards that cost two that are not like the most streamlined version aren't good enough anymore. And that's fairly indicative, I think, of just where modern is as a format. Um, you have to come out with enough velocity that if you do, if somebody has fury in their deck, because people play it, you don't just auto lose. You know, you have to have like, pr- like created enough of a board state. So, and, we'll, and we're going to talk fear about fury a lot today, but I think, I think one of the other things with, with Merfolk that's interesting, you know, we've always talked about how, if you're going to be playing one of these tribal decks, if you're going to be playing one of these creature based decks, um, you want that deck to be attacking the for attacking the format in a way that one of the other ones isn't doing, right? And Merfolk is is doing that in a few different accesses, but one of them, uh, which we'll get to in a, se- in a second, but one of them is also its ability to protect their its own creatures with between Savolin, Hira, and now Hex Catcher. Hex Catcher, yeah. Um, you have three different really powerful options that can fight off of Fury can fight off the interaction spells someone might be trying to play against you. And ha- a lot of them, because of Aether Vial, you can even cast at instant speed in response uh, that gives Merfolk that much of a bump while also creating a pretty intense clock against your opponent that on top of that is playing what to me feels the most like a Delver deck in Legacy in the sense that it's playing a land destruction game plan. It's maybe the best land destruction deck in the format. Uh, like, sorry, Ponza. In the set, and maybe the best land destruction and like best dedicated land destruction magic deck in the last 20 years. <laughs> now, I think it's interesting you say this because what you're going to say is that, you know, Tide Shaper and Spreading Seas are these huge pieces and pillars of the format. And they've been in the list. They were in the list when I was playing Tide Shapers of Four of in the main. New card, Modern Horizons 2, uh, I believe two or one. I think it's two. But one, you know, one blue, it gets plus one plus one if your opponent has an island. And for one as kicker, when you play it, you can basically make one of their lands an island for as long as Tide Shaper is in play. Spreading Seas is a classic. We've talked about that card for years. And I, I know some of the lists now are starting to add even more elements to that. Um, when I was playing it, Spreading Seas wasn't in the main. And this is like a month ago. Um, what's interesting about Tide Shaper, though, is you get a little bit tricked into the idea that that card is going to be able to tempo your opponents off of their lands. 
and the amount of clean land, like land options that exist in modern now between fetches for triomes and there's so much good interaction now for them to just kill your tide shaper it doesn't actually do what you're hoping it does i'm sure it can i'm sure there's a magical christmas land version where you trick somebody's land base so early in the game that you're able to just roll them but i tried it all throughout magic 30 like different times in the game and i just found that tide shaper's ability was almost never relevant like it almost never did anything for me they would just like kill it when they needed to and get their land back and so I do think I do think the LD plan you're talking about, if they commit to that plan with Spreading Seas and Magus of the Moon and things like that, is really strong. Um, and I do think that, that it, it goes back to what you were saying a second ago. We always have talked about how tribal decks have to be somewhat unique or disruptive. I mean, this is this is classically like why humans was originally good. This is again like after humans was good, it's why uh, spirits was good for, for a period of time these decks are able to present a clock and interact at the same time. And that's that's why it doesn't matter how much power they pump into any particular archetype, just the plus one, plus one Lord anymore, or just how many of those you can pack into a deck, it's not good enough because zombies would be incredible if that was the case. Uh, it's just, you just have to be doing something else. Yeah, I think, I think, I think there's, you know, there's definitely points to what you're saying. I mean, part of it is also just it makes your creatures unblockable, right? That that also helps. I also think like matchup is matchup dependent. Now with, you know, depending on how powerful Urza Saga is, Merfolk gains a lot of points for that because it does just straight up kill an Urza Saga if you turn it into an island. Um, that's a rules interaction that people don't always understand just the basic the way it works is um, the way sagas are templated, it 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 dies if it has more lore counters on it than total stuff chapters of the saga and so if you turn it into a basic island it doesn't lose the type saga because that's on the enchantment half of the card so it is a saga with more counters on it than there are chapters because there's no longer any chapters on it because it's a basic island and then so they have to sacrifice it um that's also true with blood moon blood moon does the exact same thing and so um i, I think that also kind of wavers in its favor or it doesn't um and then the other one is is i think where how why merfolk is kind of come back as the premier version of this style of deck uh is subtlety and it being the blue one and subtlety right now the biggest problem these creatures that have are the elemental are the pitch elementals between fury and solitude and subtlety as we've kind of brought up a few times on this podcast is the frost titan of this cycle in the sense that it is really good at fighting other elementals <laughs> and so you're able to punish them for trying to do that to you while also sometimes just having a four mana three three flyer that can beat down as you need to um, and be a decent creature remove you know creature counterspell. So I think that there is especially a deck that Merfolk that just like needs your opponent to stumble for a second so that you can just keep bashing them in the face with your four mana unblockable island walking lords. Um and that's one of the reasons it's been able the, between the ability for it to protect its creatures from the stuff like fury and solitude with its basic creatures that it's already doing the fact that it kind of operates at instant speed to be able to dodge fury a little bit as well because of aether vial and some yeah. of its cards have flash and then lastly because of subtlety you're able to kind of protect your army of things enough to be able to murder your opponent i will say that the old version of merfolk from year from years ago that used to win gps and stuff the biggest difference was that, that version of the deck mostly just curved out. Like you, you definitely had tricks, you know, like Mirror Regery and the way you sequence that with your lands untapping, or like sometimes, you know, creating Island Walk with a spreading seas, or how would you sequence your Master of Waves, whatever. This is like, these were decisions you had to make back in the day, but it, the margin wasn't so thin, right? Nowadays, subtlety is a fascinating card to play with. And it was my, it was my, honestly, my biggest misunderstanding was how to properly play with that card because I watched a ton of tutorials. Nikachu was kind enough to send me some notes as far as like how to do it. And I found in a lot of the videos I was watching that some players, they would, they'd burn their subtlety on like turn one, right? Like they would, they'd play it aggressively. And I like, didn't know when to do that. So I was sort of just confused by it. And like, it, it is card disadvantage if you're not doing it in the right moment. Uh, on top of that, the other card that is so significant that you mentioned a second ago is, is Hexcatcher, Rodalian Hexcatcher. And what's so fascinating about that card, blue one for a 1-1 one, one flash, other merfolk you control get plus one plus one. You can sacrifice a merfolk to counter target non-creature spell uh, unless it's controller pays one. That in itself, right, just if you, if you flash that card in for, for blue one, 
it functions as like a force spike just on its own. You just get to flash it in. And if, if they don't have enough mana, you counter their spell. So that's already like a pretty good piece of interaction. They've turned, even if you don't have another Merfolk on the battlefield, right? They've literally turned one of the spells in the deck, a, a Lord into an instant speed piece of interaction, which is an incredible add for the deck. But the other part about that that's so hard is knowing how do you sequence that card with the Merfolk you have on the battlefield to protect the other ones because you want to maintain critical mass. And then you add in the fact that Mutavolt's one of your lands, which like was another head trip for me that was so hard because I kept finding that I would like draw Mutavolt's at the wrong time. I would need double blue and then I would have this Mutavolt. I couldn't curve out correctly. You need to like leave Mutavolt open sometimes so you can activate it to have it to sacrifice the Hexcatcher. It's a very complicated uh, tribal deck. It was it was actually much harder to play than I was expecting. And 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 I think I think like to the point on Hexcatcher, that's the thing that put it over the edge, right? Like before Dominaria uh, United, when which is where Hexcatcher is from, Merfolk wasn't in the top whatever conversation. And but that card single handedly offers so many lines single handedly that are also able to cover a lot of its um problematic matchups that it really pushed it over the edge oh i now have the ability to stop removal spells which is one of my big banes of my existence i have the ability to put pressure on my opponent's mana so that they can't cast their non uh creature spells at the time that they want to because at any moment i can just counter it because i can sacrifice all the creatures i have but if they don't do it i'm now presenting a lord that this that my creatures are gaining mass and doing a lot of damage to them and they often have a way to get in around whatever they're dying trying to do to stabilize and that's not to mention adding the layer layer of just like the brain power to keep track of that like it, it is a vi- like just even playing against a merfolk deck being ready to know what tricks they have up their sleeve from Hexcatcher to Trickster to to Savol like uh, Savolin or like if you have an Aether Vial on three, it's almost impossible to kill any creature without expecting for your mana your thing just to just to not do anything for free, right? Like between Savolin and between and and Kira uh, uh, and games two and three, how do you even kill a creature when they have Aether Vial on three? So I think that's one of the reasons it's pushed it over the edge. Which I think is really interesting because the other ones didn't get pushed over the edge, right? Of of the classic creature type deck styles, goblins, elves, zombies, uh, merfolk, um, humans, etc. Th- a lot of them got similarly powerful lords out of Dominaria United. Goblins got one where I think you sacrifice a goblin and then you can exile two cards to draw into. Uh, 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 or one card green got one whenever a creature enters the battlefield, you can pay green a green to draw a card. So like a pseudo, a pseudo... Um, a pseudo glimpse of nature and neither of those put it over the edge. So I did, I did, um, uh, I want to ask you first. And then I did ask Twitter, uh, earlier, like if you could design, and it was for elves. Cause, cause that's, I think the, the elves and goblins are like the two additional ones that people want to be playable. Uh, got right now in the format, goblins is the 28th most played deck in the format. And elves is the 44th most played deck in the format. And at least the case of elves, it's not because it's that good. It's just because people are really dedicated to the deck. No offense to people that love elves decks. It just has such a terrible fury matchup. <laughs> that's, that was um, the last thing I was going to say. The last thing I was going to say when you talked about the hex catcher before we move on is how good that card is against fury. Right. That's the that's the thing is like the fact that you have you now have an instant speed lord. Morfolk had never had a castable instant speed lord before. Right. It had always had. It had always had the ability to do it with Aether Vial. Your opponent could play around that, though. The fact that you can just hard cast it, so they 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 and they have to account for the fact that if you have that in hand, it forces them to completely play that card differently. There are two for one A's in the hole that's going to beat you. And then Svelun, obviously, you mentioned is just an extremely powerful add. Um, it's it is it is proof of how good a three drop has to be to maintain its place in these decks, like. It, Things you have that. ward. It's indestructible. You draw cards whenever you do damage. It. <laughs> it's like a three, four, like, and the deck plays four of them usually, and it's legendary. So it's, it's evidence of how good it is. But yeah, jumping over to to I think what would push those other decks o- over the edge. It was your question. What would well well before before we jump into that, I, like you know when we talked earlier, like how did the decks win? Right. Let's let's start with elves because because I think that's the the one I have the most content. I guess let's do goblins because it's a shorter conversation than than elves. Um because I think goblins is actually closer to being because of the snoop combo, because you can have snoop and, and Kiki Jiki and there's, and you have goblin matron, I think is in the deck now or in the format. So you have a lot of ways to 
take that that deck already is like explosive right because in all of these types of situations you want your a plan your b plan and and birthing pod was a great example of this where like back in the day birthing pod had the a plan of uh the combo but then had the b plan of just like i'm going to beat you down with really strong hate bears and you have to you can't interact very easily with the hate bears that are fighting you because a they're hate bears and b because if you waste all your removal on my you know birds of paradise is now four through four five because of a uh, gavity township or just like the three fours that i have at my deck for for funsies you'll lose to the combo as i birthing pod for it and you didn't have interaction for it and you tapped out and splinter twin was the same way right splinter twin was i'm gonna do a classic tempo beat town control strategy and the moment you try and stop my control beatdown strategy is the moment that I'll flash in a Pestermite at the end of your turn. Uh, no, yeah, Pestermite. No? Yeah. Yeah, Pestermite. So flash in a Pestermite at the end of your turn, untap and Splinter Twin and win the game. And he had to double check. It's been so long since Splinter Twin. He had to just double check if the card was called Pestermite. That well, is how I, long. In my defense, <laughs> there's a lot of. Uh, I, there's, there's a lot of fairy cards with the exact same name. <laughs> yeah. Pestermite, Splinter, uh, uh, Splinter Fright, uh, which is not a fairy, but Pestermite, uh, Pester. Uh, 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 I was thinking of specifically um, Stutter Sprite is the one I was worried I was saying. <laughs> one of my favorites. One of my favorites. Um, which has been more relevant more recently. <laughs> but uh, Goblins offers that right. You're able to play a classic mono red beatdown strategy, and then you just have this infinite combo in your deck on the side. The problem is Fury. Uh, the problem is solitude. The problem is that it's just there's two two amazing instant speed removals. Uh, there's there's multiple instant speed amazing removal spells in modern, and there's like insane free board wipes that can be cast on turn three before you maybe can put your whole combo together. And I think that that's where Goblin's big limitation is. Goblin's, I think, it's kind of endemic of the color, right? That's and that's that's the thing about if you if you if you compare Merfolk to Goblins and then Goblins to Elves, and you think about it in each case. What's the strength of this color? What does it like? What does it do? Right. Well, blue decks have this this built-in thing of if you know I get to do this tricky thing that's going to get around your your game plan. Like it's instant speed. It's always been that way, and so they continue to push that agenda, and that tends to be the way those cards are designed. With a goblins deck, because it's red, it's usually like you get some value if you sacrifice things. It's like it's like a piece of red that's always mattered. There's like damage, like things die and deal damage. That's like another piece of its design. It's it's usually like more about uh, chaos and damage, which which unfortunately, if your opponent has an answer, chaos and damage doesn't get you card advantage. So that's that's why when they print stuff like like Muxus, like Muxus was a big deal for goblins. That was like a card that mattered a lot, right? That's because Muxus got you extreme card advantage, which is not normally what red's going to get. It, you mentioned, which, which, by the way, Muxus is the card I would say should be printed in the modern to make goblins viable because that's that's what it's missing, right? Like, got it was a tier one historic deck <laughs> for a long time, and then just doesn't have those tools in modern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Muxus is, I, I, I think Muxus would probably, I don't know if it would make it tier one because it does cost six, but the fact that you have Skirk Prospector and Snoop and Kiki. There's a lot going on in modern with Matron now existing that probably Muxus would at least give it a chance because it's 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 one of the only reset cards that Goblins has that's actually like powerful and and that's and that I think is one of and I think the new Lord was a close close option it's just it's it's let me look up exactly what what it's called Rundvelt Horde Master a one red Goblin Warrior other Goblins get plus one plus one it's a one one whenever Rundvelt Horde Master another Goblin you control dies exile the top card of your library if it's a Goblin creature card you may cast that card until the end of your next turn the problem uh, though it does let you do it until the end of your next turn I think this card's close right I think this this kind of plays a little bit in that space where it does give you card advantage it's good against fury I think it's just Goblins doesn't have a strong enough a plan like its aggro plan isn't strong enough really in modern while playing with the cards for its b plan the snoop combo that it like it's a little bit easier to just like erase what you're working on and the fact that it doesn't work as quickly as it maybe needs to so i think there's a way to fix it i just think like card advantage making it a little bit grindier and a little bit more interactive. I think that's, to me, maybe the bigger issue that Merfolk does have, right? Like, it, there's not really a way that Goblins stops their opponent from doing anything. So unless they do their thing or they can be aggro, 
if your opponent tries to stop you at all, you're dead in the water and you can't really do anything to stop them. So it's well, the other thing, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say the other thing with, with Merfolk that stands out when you compare again, just effects and the idea of winning with it, with a critical mass creature deck is Merfolk trickster is an extremely powerful trick. Like it's, it's, it's aggressively costed, right? It's, you're just literally playing a combat trick that gets you a body and it's a good creature that's easy to cast. There's no real drawback. So like, because it's funny, this card, the Runevelt Hordemaster, it's doing basically exactly what we were just talking about. Right. It's kind of doing the blue thing. And it's, it's like, it's, yeah, yeah. It's getting you value, right? That's like, it's like almost like Wizards was aware of the fact that, like, okay, we need to make sure that red has this ability that if it gets blown out, it actually can do something with what, like, what it's losing. But the problem is, Merfolk has like, how many lords does it play now? It plays like 16 lords in the deck now, or at least 12. So when you draw a card off the top, very often, you're just going to replace the Lord they've just killed. They literally designed uh, Lord of Atlantis and Goblin King at the same time. They're the same card, except that one of them costs two and one of them costs three. It's the, the, the actual card design space wants Merfolk to be cheaper and more aggressive. And it wants Goblins to be a little clunkier because they're red and they're chaotic. And that's the point. And the fact that like, that, that one difference, honestly, might even just be the difference. If Goblin King had just cost the same thing as Lord of Atlantis all these years, Goblins might have just been a thing well, like a long time ago. I mean, Goblins have been a tier one deck in Legacy, right? At the same time in Merfolk. But it wasn't. It was because they had stuff like um, Goblin Piledriver and Goblin, which we have in modern, right. but they, we don't have Goblin Lackey, right? Goblin Lackey was like the big thing where you were able to like turn to get a Siege Gang commander and play and then wasteland that your opponent out of the game while you're winning off of Lackey and Vile. And right. which is kind of what Merfolk does to some extent right now. It's not, it's not like cheating in five drops, but it is like keeping your opponents off of colors, tempoing your opponents out by countering their spells or bouncing their spells or bouncing their creatures or tapping their creatures and beating them down with, with stuff where, where goblins, I think, yeah, I think, I think to me it's, they're not aggressive enough. They don't have stuff like hex catcher that can interact with spells and keep, the player honest on the other side and their combo isn't redundant enough maybe is the, like is kind of your point with the lord of atlantis right lord of atlantis the the lord game plan uh is a, a very redundant game plan a <laughs> and goblins yeah. is very redundant game plan a is a like a one one based aggro strategy and that that isn't enough to cut it in modern and so it's figuring out how to get around that they have value engines so what they need i think to me more is ways to interact or ways to upgrade their beatdown plan uh while while benefiting the 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 snoop combo i think goblins curves out sorry sorry merfolk if your opponent doesn't do anything like what's the turn it wins does it just win on four what you play you basically get a one one on turn one that attacks for two on turn two with a lord turn three you play another lord so now you're attacking for five so now it's, it's your turn three and they've taken seven and you play two more lords on turn four because you're playing 12 in the deck. They at that point, you're attacking for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, one, three, five, six, seven, eight. And then the first one, yeah, 12 more. So I guess they don't I don't they don't quite die, but you can still play that one drop on turn three. And at that point, if you don't just you, curve out. Do you beat that curve if you play Aether Vile on turn one? Because don't you turn it turn one Aether Vile turn two? You play a Lord and a one drop. You don't get in for two damage that turn. But then turn three, you play two Lords and then you pump up. And so now you're attacking for one, two, a two it's two drops. So two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven. And then the next turn you attack. Yeah, that, that's the way to do lethal by turn four is Aether Vile on turn one. Yeah, you can also just if you played another one drop on turn three along with your two drop. Then you just have another, yeah. But but yeah, the point point being the deck, because of the density of lords, even with nothing else, with no tricks whatsoever, can just curve out and win on turn four, which I think is like that that's like that's like the 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 redheaded stepchild plan of the deck. And it is still a really good one. Yeah, and, and like and like goblins has like munitions expert, right? Where it allows it to do damage equal to how much goblins you control to target planeswalker or creature. Yeah. <laughs> but compare that to hex catcher mage right where like <laughs> i get to sacrifice creatures to counter spells and so all of your interaction is wonk made basically un unusable and this is just like i can kill a creature if i'm winning already 
And so I, th- I think that's kind of, to me, the like limitations of the deck that I'd want to see something a little bit more from. And I think that's possible. Like Goblins is already probably pretty good too. And you, you're just punishing stumbling opponents, which I think one of the reasons that Goblins is a more viable deck in modern right now than Elves, which we'll get to next, is because it is someone that offers that splinter twin question, right? Of like, what do I answer between these two sides? Merfolk is a beatdown deck that plays with a tempo strategy. And that offers two angles of attack that players have to be able to deal with both. Goblins offers a aggro deck that has a combo deck on the top end, which is a thing you have to stumble on. Then you get to Elves, who also has an aggro deck that has a combo deck on it, except it requires everything to work at sorcery speed and to have actually no interaction happen to you. Otherwise, your entire thing falls apart. <laughs> Merfolk functions in a lot of ways, the, the way that it actually interacts with your opponent. It functions a lot like the old um, humans deck played, the, the one from a few years ago, mm-hmm. because like it doesn't it's not it's not doing the same thing necessarily. But your interaction comes in the form of your creatures. Your Thalias are going to make all of their stuff cost a little bit more. Your um, Kite Sail Freebooter, was that what that card was called? The black one? One, two. Uh, Takes a card out of their hand. You know, like, just the fact that you have those two cards as your two drops, and then your Meddling Mage. So it's doing a lot of the same stuff, where you're tempoing them out while advancing your board state. And that is kind of the template for the most successful decks that have been tribal and modern. So we talked about Goblins. You mentioned elves and what elves is doing that's different than goblins, right? Elves has the same issue that goblins has, but in some ways, and, and in fact, it, it's already doing the Muxus thing. Like that's what elves has that goblins doesn't have, right? It already has that effect. It's got like, it's got the chain that you can draw lots of cards that you can fill your hand up. It has yeah, the ability to use it. Yeah, it has the ability to curve out into your arch druid and your what's the name of that? Elves, Azuri, Azuri, mm-hmm. um, Archdruid, Azuri. Like it can, it can combo out for like a giant creature, like a crater hoof or whatever. I haven't looked at an elves list in a minute, but like that's you know. And, and then there's the more aggressive ones that are trying to deal damage with like Shaman of the Pack and stuff like that. And they've even gone as far as to continue printing elves cards into modern. Right? We didn't used to have Quirion Ranger. That wasn't in modern. We didn't used to have. What are some of the other really good elves that I feel like have been added over the last few years? Elvish Warmaster, one green, uh, Elf Warrior, two, two. Whenever one or more elves you control into the battlefield under your control, create a one, one elf, uh, green elf warrior creature token. It only can right. trigger once per turn. Um, you have stuff like, well, you now have Besiege who endures, which is obviously a big deal. That's like kind of the big ones. <laughs> you have the new card, right? The new Leaf Crown Visionary, green, green, elf druid, other elves you control get plus one, plus one. Whenever you cast an elf spell, you may pay a green if you do draw a card. The problem to me with the elf deck is is kind of twofold and it it is a little bit maybe the problem with goblins and maybe this is another answer this is the deck that folds the fury the most because everything in elves is happening at other than collected company everything else elves is doing is happening at sorcery speed you're playing creatures in the play that then need to untap uh and then they what they do is they generate mana to cast other things that need to untap <laughs> right like they're even if even if you're doing this stuff at instant speed playing collected company getting that stuff in the play uh on the turn before you know uh uh with aether vial you're just the your game plan is to cast sorcery speed things on your next turn and so any player playing fury any player and then that and then add that layer solitude and uh prismatic ending and the three different lightning bolt variants <laughs> and just like how do you how do you get past that level of interaction in the format being the most played type of format and then also deal with the fact that Merktide regents are coming your way how do you deal with the fact that you know people are playing these really powerful threats that you need to deal with that you don't like you're a, you're a mono green or a green black deck that doesn't have very good interaction versus elves which we've talked to is interacting at every level versus goblins which has instant speed oops i win moments that offer uh, an alternative that and their game plan allows them to attack still that's the other problem with elves is when you elves's game plan a isn't beat down it's ramp and it's ramping with the creatures that should be beating down it's b plan is either making infinite it's a plan is make either making enough mana to be able to do something broken with azuri or put enough creatures into play with that mana to be able to kill them with shaman in the pack. And both of those involve having 
a lot of creatures in play in a format where keeping a lot of X1s in play is hard. I think the left turn that I see that uh, Elves took, uh, not the deck itself, but I think the design perspective from Wizards and what they wanted a, what they wanted a green deck to be able to do is that with the two, like, like, you know, traditionally green does a bunch of stuff, right? If you look at what green's design philosophy is over the last few years, its major piece of creature interaction has been fight. That's been like green's thing. It like, they print a lot of things where you, your creature fights their creature. Um, they have printed a bunch of like, uh, Gaia's, what's the intervention, heroic intervention, those like green, you know, uh, combat tricks, like the one that we previewed all those years ago. Um, plus, plus two, plus two, and hexproof. Hexproof, indestructible, instant speed spells. That's like a thing green gets a lot. Um, and then uh, graveyard interaction, which is like a thing that's newer. And then finally, naturalize effects. These are like the places that green will tend to go, right? Unless you're just going to beef some creatures up. Mm-hmm. So two opportunities to, present, to, to print free spells into modern. One of them was a double naturalize. And the other one was graveyard interaction. If endurance had been a 2-2 creature and it, it had come down and up to two target creatures you control get indestructible and hexproof till end of turn or something like that. Like if that's what they had decided to print. I mean, you could print all, all I think you could, I think that card could just be all creatures. creatures and hexproof. All creatures yeah. and hexproof is like. You choose for one yourself to like make your creatures hexproof. Intervention, right? Yeah. That's like a green thing that is get, that gets printed all the time. I think that's the biggest miss because if green had that, the way that elves draws cards and how easy it would be for them to pitch cards, I think elves would probably be a tier one deck. Because it would just main deck four of those, and it would be really, really, really hard to stop them. So, um, so I did ask Twitter if what what card if you could print any card, uh, and I'm asking our our listeners as well. Please comment below if you could print any card uh, into modern right now with the goal of making elves as good as Merfolk, <laughs> exactly as good. So not better. Like don't you know you can't unban. Um, I forgot the card again. <laughs> Uh, glimpse of nature you can't unban glimpse of nature right you can't uh you know the the goal is you can't print a a 2020 indestructible hexproof elf for one green mana right like, it has to be as good it has to be the 13th best de- 13th most played deck in the format <laughs> um what would you print and i have i had my thought on what i would do um which is a uh an elf lord maybe make it make it it's green black two mana zero four maybe maybe it's a one four or whatever um the goal though being four so if you want to get rid of it you have to use an entire fury uh all other elves gain undying oh interesting i mean that's 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 a cool idea like it it plays it plays nicely into the fact that green has to work harder with the second color but it still feels like it actually actually fits i think that that's i think that that's interesting i also think that the line between elves being you know, not competitive and super good is a really thin line. I mean, Elves has been really good for a lot of years. It's gone through phases where it's a really powerful deck that's very popular that people love playing. Um, it just happens, it just so happens that right now it hasn't been given a boost in a little while, but it's it's got density and redundancy in a way that almost no tribe has. So it can get out of hand really fast. If you if you give it the right tool, it I feel like Elves goes way past 13. It gets it gets way too good. Well, and and the point is, you want that's why it's hard to target exactly that middle, right? I think I think I think though, to me, Elves' biggest weakness right now is that it's extremely soft to the removal that's very powerful in the format, while also having its A plan and B plan, which we've talked about, is really important for any deck in modern. But its A plan and B plan aren't really well suited, right? The 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 it's easy to tear apart both of their A and B plan, right? The the ability to make as much mana possible with by having as many things in play as possible is not hard to deal with in modern. And th- while they're doing that, they're not using those creatures to attack you. They're cre- they're using their creatures to double down on either that plan. That's easy to interact with. Um, that's kind of why my idea with the Undying one was it's kind of a lord, so it helps with that B town plan. Maybe it lets you turn your land or elf if you can kill it somehow or sack it into a thing. But then also, more importantly, it protects everything from Fury, right? It, it, I designed that card in my head, which is why it's a 0-4, to fight against Fury more than anything else. But these are some of the cards. And uh, uh, Ben, I want you to rate if we can both rate together, if we think it'll make Elves too good or this isn't good enough to do it. Um, so the next one is is of the exact same kind of idea. Mark Confidant 
uh, on Twitter said Seedwin the Enduring, one black green legendary creature elf shaman. It has persist. Other elf creatures you control get plus zero plus one and have persist. So it, it uses the persist mechanic versus the undying one and just makes up for the fact that every elf that is, is an X one uh, by giving everything plus zero plus one. Um, do you, better, worse, good for, you know, where would you rate it? I think that's pretty fair because it only gives plus zero plus one. So even when you do play it, it doesn't actually beef your board, which makes it like, and it costs three, not two, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's fine. I actually think that's not good enough. I think that that's a good, I think it's like a good extra piece. And I do think there's some cool stuff in there. Like your, obviously your elvish visionary effects and things like that, you know, getting them back and drawing another card is really good. But I also think that if you play that card and your opponent isn't blowing you out, uh, they're doing something else and they're going over the top, then that card's kind of useless. Yeah, it doesn't. I, you don't I think. I think like Savolin is who I want to compare this to, and Savolin. I think this needs is, to be plus one, plus one, right? Like Svelun. I just yeah, I want to correct you because you've said it. Never going to say that card name correctly. <laughs> uh, I think like it needs to be a lord fully here, right? Like it needs yeah, to yeah, be yeah, building yeah. the creatures you're fighting against at three mana and gain some type of card advantage, which like maybe it's if like a creature dies on your opponent's turn or something, draw a card, which would be kind of interesting. But going to the next one, two, I think if that card just costs two, it'd be fine. Yeah, yeah, two is two is also good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, this is from Jim uh, at Frost, uh, front of the cast. Uh, black one one elf enter the battlefield duress. Okay, interesting. So, a one one for one that just duresses. So just duress on a stick. I mean, that might be that might be a little good actually. I think that card's too good to be printed uh, for magic. I don't think it's an elf problem. I think it's a magic. Like I think it has to yeah. be a, a one a one in a black for an elf that did that. It's fine. Can I sell Freebooter, right? In fact, that's like that's standard. The maggot, whatever maggot. You normally it exiles, and if the creature dies, you get it back. Um, so if it's going to cost one mana, and at a minimum has to do the like what the the uh the uh, oblivion stone kind of thing where it like hides under the creature yeah. unless you kill it. And even then, I think it has to be two mana. I think you could I think you could I think you could make it that card could be black green hybrid. Uh, zero one, do that until it leaves the battlefield. I think that you could, if you wanted to make an aggressive version of that card, it you could you could make it black green. Uh, I think I don't, that can't be in green. Oh, Remember, hybrid, just, hybrid cards are are or right, so that means any mono green deck gets thoughtsy or gets duress, which is not. I I agree. One black for a zero one that it gets tucked under is maybe yeah. the way it would work. Um, if you wanted to make it black and it could be elf as a cute thing, I still think that maybe is too powerful. I think it needs to be a two drop. Uh, all right, next, next, but, but I don't think that's too powerful for elves. I will give them credit there. I think that's too powerful for magic. <laughs> um, this is from Golgari guy. Uh, one green for a creature elf shaman. This spell can't be countered. Green spells you control can't be countered. Four green green until end of turn. Each elf creature you control has base power and toughness of a five five and becomes a dinosaur in addition to its other types. It's a one one. Uh, they then got responded to. Uh, is this just Allosaurus Shepherd? <laughs> they then did follow up being like, actually thinking about it. This won't work because Fury will kick elves ass. Um, so it doesn't solve the problem at hand, uh, but it's a very good card. Yeah, I, I mean, I got wrecked by Allosaurus Shepherd last week playing against Joe Johnson. <laughs> it was rough. There, there is a significant amount of people who responded with, "Wait, does this mean I have to print a card that makes elves worse because it's a better deck than Merfolk?" It's, it's, it's not. <laughs> I wish it was. That's what we're trying to do. All right, Green Black Elvish Gravekeeper. This is from Will of the Council. Green Black Elvish Gravekeeper. Uh, Elvish Gate Gravekeeper. Casting cost green black creature elf shaman. Whenever an elf you control dies, reveal the top card of your library. You may put the card into your hand if it's an elf. Otherwise, you may put the card into your graveyard. How much does it cost? Green black. And for a two two, uh, it is a three one. I think that card's really cool. I think as a three one, it's probably a little pushed. I think that card's probably fine as a one two or a two two is my guess. Um. It definitely is a little like the deck is super, super elf dense and it doesn't play that high of a land count. So because the, the problem with that is that now you 
get into card selection territory. Every time an elf dies, you're like basically surveilling, uh, which it just that just feels a little pushed. I think I think I think a three one like that creature being that creature being aggressive and also just like I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the thing that elves. This, do. Maybe that's like is this, is this more powerful than Dragon Rage Channeler? Well, Channeler costs one and is a one one. Well, it's a uh, sometimes. Yeah, and I mean Chandler is one of the most like I had a conversation with a uh, friend of the cast Andrew Brown a few weeks ago, and we were having the conversation about the best one drop I've ever printed. And I was saying that you have suggested before that Chandler like actually has an argument to be like at least in that conversation, and he like didn't flinch. Right? He was like, "Yeah, for sure." It's like <laughs> he was like, "It's I mean, it's like obviously Ragavan's better, but like by how much? You right, know, like right. <laughs> Chandler's like in the top five. Right. It's like yeah. basically one drops. It's well, like, it's like, but that's a totally fine card to exist in modern. So can elves get a two mana three one, which, which nowadays three ones are the, the, the poppers three, two. <laughs> uh, this is like super weak to fury, but it does draw you out of it. Right. If they, if they hit this and something else, you either get the surveil two or not. I think there's an argument. It could also just stick it or it doesn't go to your graveyard. You scry version of it where it puts it on the bottom of the deck. You also draw the cards. They don't go and play. Um, I actually don't think this card's good enough. I, I would be on what the other was, side. What if, it was a, what if it was a one mana one one version of it? I think that'd be good enough. Yeah, that's where I would go with it. I would I would play the one mana one one version of it because I think you can curve out. It starts you out aggressive. Your opponent's like, okay, bolt your one one. You're like, okay, I die. Is it other elves or all elves? All uh, including itself. So okay, so it dies, and then you get to look at the top, and either re- it replaces itself, which is fine. It's a good card, or it takes the land on your light, the top of your library you don't want and puts it in the graveyard. Like that's sweet. I'd play I that card. I would go even farther. I would make it a one-one for one that does this effect. But then if you have uh five lands in your your graveyard or whatever, it becomes like a four-four. Sure, sure. It gets the gets the the plus up version where that way like you're motivated to like skimp on lands and dump them. Well, it, it yeah, it, it makes it so not playing a lot of lands also negatively affects you, right? It does make like fetch lands a thing you have to play in elves now. Uh, so it could maybe not be lands, maybe it's creatures or maybe it's elves themselves. If you have five elves in your graveyard, it's a five five. Um, which I, is another key I thing. think it's probably. I think I think we're it being like like that big a four four or a five five. I think is too much. I think it being a if you have four or more, if it's, if it's a three, three, it's totally fine. Cause the card without that ability is still just really good well, on its own. Three, three, three trample. Yeah. And fetch lands make it like, it's going to be that really fast when you well, play that's that. What that's what I'm saying not lands do make it elves. And then it makes it a little bit more thematic, right? Like when you have you because it, then it's ability doesn't, it puts elves into your hand, yeah. but then it's the dying that makes it bigger in the long run. So you're not like milling it. I think it'd be a three, three. Okay. That's cool. Next one, Essica's Oracle, green, green. When blank enters the battlefield or when Essica's Oracle enters the battlefield, sacrifice three. Oh, wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. Wait, go, go back. I actually had one. I just had one more idea. Okay, that card just came to me. If it was a two mana, two, two version instead of the one, if it was black, green, two, two, same card, all the things we just discussed, it would like get plus two, plus two. If you had like three elves in the yard, whenever an elf dies, two things happen. It triggers and it drain gains. It does the shaman of the pack thing. That's like thematically on brand with the with Shaman of the Pack. It plays into that version of the elf deck. Okay. And it also okay. means that if they wrath you, if they wrath you when you it's have like, like seven like elves. Elf blood artist. Yeah. It's like, and then, then it it's like that is like dope. That card's really powerful. And that card actually punishes your opponent for for like wrecking your board. Yeah, for like like Fury, okay, you're losing four life. I'm gaining four life. And I'm and I'm drawing two cards. Right. Yeah. Like that. Yes, I agree. That sounds sick. And then, and then your opponent can just not do that. Right. Or just use a single targeted removal. They can waste their fury on killing exactly that, which means they're down two cards. You're maybe you're like up point. You're you're parity for half a card, maybe. And then they lose a life. You gain a life. I love that actually a lot. I agree. Fighting um, with your drop slot in your deck, which is like a that's like a competitive slot anyway. So that's pretty good. All right, green legendary elf. Okay, so this is from Gamblet, the god of distraction. Green legendary elf druid one two tap an untapped elf you control. Another target elf gets plus one plus one and gains hexproof until end of turn. Oh, that's pretty cool. I mean, see, like that's what's cool about that card is that like, because that doesn't that mean that if you have six elves in play, they can all tap to protect each other. Yes, like, yeah. they're all untapped. They all get hexproof and indestructible as well. Uh, plus one, plus one, and hexproof. 
Yeah, I mean, what's good about that, and what's what's like cool about that card is that it because you have to tap another one, it doesn't totally protect you during combat. It makes your combats like pretty tenuous. You have to like you have to really carefully plot out like what do you have back, and then your opponent's like, okay, I'll try to kill this one creature you have with this one targeted removal. You know what I mean? Like it's it's very like game of chess. It, um, it plays it plays really interestingly with the decisions that elves already has to make right which is it's all of its creatures tap for mana so like already you're now adding to the layer of like do i attack or do i hold this up to cast a spell now you're do i attack do i hold this up to cast a spell or do i hold this up to tap to protect my creature from removal spell right like so you have i do like how it it it's drawback in elves because it's elf specific does make it a little less powerful uh, on an effect that it uh, ostensibly is is mother of ruins with better combat design um yeah i really like that as well uh this is from at ac underscore alex one green elf warlock one one other elves you control protection from red and white one green one one other elves you control pro green white yep it's a little weird pro white in green is odd pro red makes sense it's it's two it's, it's two best friends, right? Like green green. It's like I have protection from my allies on the color pie. Like often green will have protection from blue black. So this is like kind of how sometimes green like they'll do a cycle of like each color has protection from themselves. This is like a little bit of an extension on that. Oh right, sorry, red green. Yeah, what am I talking about? It's, it's Naya, it's right? It's the Naya color I pie. Thinking, I was thinking for a second that was one 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 enemy one friend. Yeah, but that's that's cool. I think I mean that's like really. Any of the protection from color things that are designed to like combat what exists now, they feel like lazier design. They would work there. It's practical design, but it doesn't feel as it doesn't feel as cool or like exciting. But the, but the, obviously the goal of this was to design something that would make it competitive, which is so I commend I commend the design. I, I think I think like obviously it's a sideboard card. Uh, I think it's a cute answer to it. I think I, th- I do think this like is a solution to the problem. I think I could see them printing this as just as a cycle, like, you know, a red one. That's all goblins get protection from green and, and black uh, spells uh, or green and black. Instances. like, I think it also, yeah, like creatures or whatever. Like, I think that's, that's a cool thing that they could do for sure. Uh, I think it, to your point, it's like the boring answer, but could work. It, it is swingy. Cause it's kind of this hate card that doesn't do anything outside of specifically fighting against red, white removals packages. Um, yeah. But also those are the two best colors for removal in the format other than and then so people that then like forces the format to black in a weird way for uh because elves gets good. Um this is from Barbarian Riddle, uh Barbarian Rid one, uh Lano War Resistor. Dr- green elf warrior, Lanawar Resistor has hexproof if you control at least three other elf creatures. When a non-token elf you control would die, create a one-one green Lanawar elf creature token with tap add green. One one. And that's pretty sick. I like so it's it how, what it's a, it's a one mana one one you said? It's a it's a one mana one one that if you have three or more three if you have four elf creatures including itself, you it has hexproof and then whenever an elf dies make a land elf. I mean, I think what's cool about that is that making them like making extra land or elves in that situation is is cool, but it's not that good for elves because everything in their deck, they're already playing so many elves, and they already have like the heritage druids and stuff. It doesn't actually the fact that Atlanta Elves is not that powerful. I mean, it's, it is powerful, but it doesn't feel overpowered. Um, but it does give you the you know protection, uh, and your now your Elvish Visionary turns into Atlanta Elf. Like who cares, right? It's I feel like if you get blown out, you end up with some extra one ones, and that's fine. I think that that's a pretty cool card. Um, also, the fact like it's a one one, and it costs one, so you're not going to have critical mass until turn three at the earliest which means if your opponent in the first two turns wants to unholy heat or bolt or whatever, like they can just get rid of it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's, that's how they want to play it. Um, yeah. I think that card's cool. I think it's probably right on the line. I don't know how much better it is than the one, one we have now that triggers once a turn and gets you a one, one. I don't, I don't, I, I think my only, I don't think it solves the problem. It, I think it's good. I think that's a really cool card. Right. And it's like really flavorful. Um, but it, 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 I don't think it solves, I don't think it's powerful enough to save, to save the ability right yeah the next one is and this will be the last one a green elf shaman uh and then for a green and sacrificing the creature counter target activated or triggered ability one two now 
Fury's ability is when it enters the battlefield, not on cast, correct? Correct. So you can you do you can counter the triggered the 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 ETB part of Fury because because evoke isn't a isn't a isn't a, a keyword. Of, it's a it's an alternative casting cost, right? It's not like cycling, so you can't counter that, but you can counter the ETB. I mean, that's pretty good. It like it 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 answers the it answers the question. Uh, I don't know. It's only kind of good against that, though. Is the problem you can, you can hit fetch lands? It's it's a green one one for one. It's a one green one two. And then green sacrifice it counter target activated or triggered ability. Yeah, I mean that's like fine, but like th- think about because you can play you can play a two drop that does that right. Like like modern has those cards. You can shadow about somebody. You can trick bind somebody. Though. Agreed. I mean the fact that green has it makes it a little un like a little unruly, but also you're I mean, committing a lot. Like think think of it in Merfolk. Like I feel like if there's a one mana, one blue counter target activate, like you get rid of you all five elementals get 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 countered. You can yeah. counter planeswalker abilities, you can counter random stuff like Snapcaster Mage that you know we can debate at that scene play. You can counter Leyline Binding, you can counter any fetch land, you can counter I think there's a lot of triggered and activated abilities in the format that are really. Sh- I think. I think honestly, I would almost say you could make it not target lands, like target non-land. Yeah, I was just going to say that when you when you mentioned that, right? Uh, counter target activated or tr- tr- triggered ability, not not on a land card or something like that, and then it's like totally fine. Yeah, I think. I think then that card is great for elves. Has a lot of really cool interaction that it does. Is it maybe too good? I think without that, I think hitting, I think hitting fetch lands makes it too powerful. Um, so I, I think that. I think, well, cause yeah, it's like, it's especially in an elf deck where like if holding open the green is supposed to slow you down in a deck that generates like tons of mana so fast. Now you're just like, okay, I'm just going to hold you hostage. This, this like. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think if it can target lands, it needs to be one in a green uh, to sacrifice it. Like it has bind, right. Uh, but triggered and activated abilities. Um, or it has, also it could, has trick bind on it on it. The other way you could the other way you could do it is you could go the other direction. It could be one man one mana one two just like it is, but it could be that ability is only live once you have three elves in play. So if it comes down on turn one, you just kill it. And then they sure. play the elf elf, you just kill it. Like, you know. Doesn't haste either. So like if their opponent plays one, you still have a, a chance to kill it before yeah, that, it's yeah, good. That's another option is just not not even just tap. You have to tap green and tap it, and you you do the ability. So that you like can't use it as a beat down strategy or you sacrifice the ability to do that if you beat down. Yeah, I think there's a few ways to balance that. But I, I do like the idea of green getting a, a, a cool trick buying creature. I think this is itself being able to is too powerful. Once again, outside of elves, right? I think like a one mana creature that can one green sacrifice to eat a fetch land is maybe too strong in modern. Um, but I think like making that cost two mana, making it cost two mana and you can use one mana making it. You know, as you as you said, it require you to have three elves or have it be a tap ability, so you can't use it. At, you know, it has to have summoning sickness and it can't do it if it attacked. You know, there's there's ways to play around with it. I think that are interesting. All right, so yeah. that was that was the last one. Um, all right, you have one more thing you want to talk about? Yeah. So I I think we we haven't done this for a few years. It was probably four or five years ago the last time we had a conversation about like what is the tribe, what is what is the pet tribe of yours that is not playable in modern that you wish that you wish had like you know, the two or three more cards printed. And you could you could go vampires or zombies or something that's like common to talk about. It just can't be one that like is actually competitive. It has to be like non-competitive at the moment. Um can I answer with Noggles, the best creature type in magic? Is that a viable? <laughs> There'd have to be some heavy lifting for Noggles <laughs> to be <playing. laughs> They just like wizards like these are gonna be uh, <laughs> In standard, we are going to print Noggles as a l- modern viable tribal strategy. <laughs> just print true name, ne- just, just, just true name Nemesis, except it's just a Noggle. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, yeah. Noggle name Nemesis. You sh- yeah. It's like, it's, it's, uh, they're all one drops. They're all three ones. They all have all <laughs> other Noggles get plus one, plus one, but each one is like, all noggles get they're like they're like uh uh almost slivers all noggles get plus one plus one and then each one has and protection from a different creature type and then eventually or card type and eventually you build if you have all seven of them in play you're they all have progenitus uh voltron um no no that's that's not my real answer um if we're talking like actual of like the real family i think i think like 
think vampires is closest. Like if I was the bet on one, it would be vampires. One that you want to see like that. That's the one you're rooting for. Oh no, I wasn't prepared for this question. What's your answer? I was thinking about it as I watched you hem and haw. Uh, if you want to, I was going to say, we, we, we could always cut that out. You could think. No, I, like, I like the hemming and hawing. Uh, we're okay, going to keep okay, all okay, of this yeah, into yeah. the podcast. People comment below what they would like, of course. I think for me, I've said in the past rogues, that was what I used to say. Cause I used to love that tribe a lot. And they did print a bunch of cool rogues a couple years ago. And we haven't talked about this since. And like, I played the the blue black rogues historic deck that build of my own on historic for like a solid few months did really well with it. Like one qualified for mythic for doing that. And that was really fun. It, it functions and plays not that different than a fairies deck in some ways. Um, so I think that's one that's really interesting, but there's also like, there's more fringe creature types that I think are really cool that I wish uh would get a boost the problem is there's n- like like rogue was around for a long time because there was fairy rogue there's vampire rogue and stuff so when they finally printed like a really good rogue lord and a few cards that car- that deck all of a sudden could actually be viable like there are there are creature types that i think are really cool like like mer <laughs> like it would be sick if in like the next time we had like a mirrodin set uh we had like just a really cool good less than three weeks away <laughs> i know i know but like a really really cool uh like mirror thing where like all of a sudden mirror superior was castable not in like a silly way like it was actually kind of good and like i just i think i think what that com- what that boils down to is there isn't an artifact tribal creature type that is that is good enough to play like we haven't had that happen yet construct hasn't been like a deck you know it's like you they're all yeah, kind yeah. of positive. It's artifact, artifact, is, artifact is the is the is the creature type that that ends up being the amalgamation of different things. Um, I think for me, I would want a Mur Commander if I was going to okay. pick a thing for Mur to be good. And I think Mur and Commander would be cool. There's no five color Mur Commander, right? I think sure. that's like a thing that is actively missing in Commander. There's the Bruna Clad or whatever, which is the blue red, but they're not even technically a Mur. They like are Frixianized Murs, so it's not even technically what you want like i think that's that's the thing that's missing for for me i think i, I like now thinking about it uh i think it's pirate uh yeah i think that's Great that's one. a really cool i honestly v- uh, and merfolk mentioned vampires on the list that i mentioned any of the main creature uh, creatures of ixalan right like like uh either either dinosaurs or pirates being like a modern um viable thing i think pirates are a lot closer uh just because they like their design space is a lot more modern friendly like or or power friendly right like treasures and kite sail freebooter low to the ground attackers versus dinosaurs which are you know love them love a dinosaur but they're five mana creatures normally <laughs> I, I would i would love to see pirates pushed and i think there's you know obviously we, i think we're gonna get a shot at that the next time we we, we you know it's this, pretty this soon. time this okay. time next year we will have been back to ixalan so i think all, all four of these groups will get and if i'm wizards and i'm going back to ixalan the plane that is famous for being beloved thematically but power level missed the mark greatly i'm I'm coming back swinging. This is Ixalan two broken cards. A a loo. <laughs> the other, I'll tell you the one other one that comes to mind that they have actually done a pretty good job of printing here and there, uh, and they've just never pushed it. Is Artificer? That's one of my favorites. Artificer is often it's often like a subtype, uh, and there's they're often like cool, uncommon two drops or whatever. They've just never made artificer like a thing like like the the sort of like ethereum sculptor uh that that type of creature like we haven't had a you know a real a real driving force to play a deck that has an artificer sub theme which seems really fun to me those those are some of my favorites that i would love to see like a little bit more attention paid to i agree um we didn't talk about them like we didn't talk about a for the fact that like humans don't doesn't have like or white doesn't really have their like signature I think like cats to me is what that is. That's another one that I think is like super close. I think cat, like I think humans has moved to a five color group. I think soldiers is a job. Uh, and, but if I were to pick and I wish wizards leaned into this more, I wish Leon and were more of a, a, a supported and cats were a more supported 
try like like creature type synergy group in general um because i think i think that a they're super iconic b a lot of people relate to them c uh, johnny is obviously one of the more popular characters r.i.p or r.i.c rest in completion (laughs) um uh but please don't attack anyone (laughs) please just go nap take a cat nap um but i think that cats are a really obvious one i think i think vampires is another like another one that like i think part of the problem vampires run into is that vampires and zombies kind of eat each other's space but um if they printed the right vampire aristocrat cards that like just really push it over the edge i think there's a potential that vampires could get into into modern and I think zombies yeah, are really close. I think I think the like Gravecrawler is such a powerful card that any moment they could just print like sacrifice a creature, make a if they printed uh Frixian Altar on a zombie, I think like yeah. zombies becomes a, a tier one modern deck overnight, right? Just like sacrifice a zombie, make a make a black mana, right? Now, yeah, now you have cards. like the infinite loop with Gravecrawler. Um, even as a four drop, I think that card is like makes mo- make make zombies viable overnight. Yeah, card's so sweet. I love Grave Crawler. Um, but um, yeah, I do want to hear from everyone below what what they want. What 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 creature type do they wish was like more pushed to be viable in modern? Yeah, let us know, guys. Thank you so much for listening to yet another episode of the Masters of Modern podcast. We'll be back next week i hope you guys had a great thanksgiving and i hope you guys are looking forward to having an awesome holiday season this december and let's close out the year strong and and uh, and a reminder that all uh all patrons get access to our exclusive altar sleeve which is a cool artwork of me and ben uh there is anyone that was october november january and december will all get that one and then there'll be a new one starting in february uh also make sure to check out altersleeves.com and other sponsored podcasts uh thank you so much uh to all of our listeners our patrons our and you ben for for uh being my co-host um and we'll talk to everyone next week bye guys this has been a production of time traveler media sending podcasts into the future